0: And hello to you, and welcome to the Richard Nichols Podcast, the personal development podcast series that's here to help inspire, educate, and motivate you to be the best you can be. I'm psychotherapist Richard Nichols, and this is episode 216. It's titled, Can We Not Care What Others Think? And if you're ready, we'll start the show there you fabulous folk have you had a good month what have you been up to i've been making little five minute videos every friday and putting them on youtube if you haven't seen those do subscribe there link is in the show notes actually i've started videoing these podcast episodes too so they're on youtube too If you'd prefer to watch a podcast than listen. This is the 21st century. There are lots of ways to get content nowadays, isn't there? And because there are so many ways of putting yourself out there too, no matter who we are, we might all need a slightly thicker skin than we needed 20 years ago. You might meet people who say, I don't care what other people think, but it's likely that either one... They're lying to us. Or two, they're lying to themselves. Caring about what other people think is one thing, though, but worrying about what other people think is another. It's a common thing that so many people who come into therapy will talk about. And when they do, it's worth drilling down on who they mean when they say to themselves that they worry about what other people think. Who... Are these anonymous other people? If you can be a bit specific about who you mean, you've got a bit more control over it. But if for decades you carry around this feeling, even if it only belongs with one person in your life whose opinion you care about, it can spread out to everyone until you've totally forgotten that it was really only your dad you were trying to impress when you were 10 and he's long past caring anymore. Do you actually care? What other people think? Or is it just a feeling? Examine it. Because if there are some genuine instances that you genuinely and specifically care what they think, then it can help you understand yourself better. Because you might find it's just your dad or your boss or the attractive friend you've not plucked up the courage to ask out yet. But if you think that everyone will judge you, or everyone thinks bad of you, then see if you can shrink down all of these everyones to exactly who in your life you care about. You might find that it's easier to control the feeling everywhere else then because you're able to challenge it. I hate to give you an earworm, but sometimes you do have to say to yourself, is this the real life or is this just fantasy? Because the extremes of these worries might come from a personality disorder, borderline or avoidant personality, even complex PTSD will distort our reality so that things feel real when they're not. The reason borderline was called borderline was because when these labels were first created, many people were thought of as possibly being schizophrenic because of their paranoia. They felt... That everyone was thinking about them. The difference being, though, someone with neurosis, as opposed to psychosis, knows that it's just a feeling. They know that not everyone is thinking about them, judging them, expecting something from them. But it doesn't stop their reality from feeling like they are. That's why it's called borderline. Because the symptoms border on a diagnosis of psychosis. Rest assured that if this is you, you're not psychotic, you're just hurt. And we can be hurt for so many reasons. It can be as extreme as growing up in a neglectful or unpredictable home, or it could come from moving schools and feeling as if you don't fit in. Sometimes we don't have to be bullied for the people around us to make it feel as if we're a freak and don't fit in. We don't need a bully to hurt us. When we've got one in our our head, do we? So years later, having practised this way of seeing the world, this schema, it's sometimes called, for our whole life, we need to practise something else and see if we can get into a habit of questioning our feelings so that you can genuinely say to yourself, am I feeling this way because of reality or because of my anxieties? or however you want to call it your 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 disorder your view of the world your schema your internal working model your cognitive framework of mental representations for understanding how you fit in or not however you want to phrase it ask yourself is this just fantasy because just because it feels real it doesn't mean it is now that's really digging deep into the reasons behind While you're worried about what everyone thinks, and there's obviously there's a spectrum of anxiety about it. No matter where on the spectrum you are, it's pretty much impossible to not care what people think. It's akin to being okay with throwing yourself out of an aeroplane without a parachute. Or maybe more accurately, if I think about it, it's it's actually more like jumping out with one, but doing it over a desert and not knowing where the hell you're gonna land. That's how rejection feels. It hurts. It's an ancient instinct, with us since the dawn of all mammals, probably, to find your tribe and be accepted by it. And if you've learned to focus on that specific fear for whatever reason, it's totally unrealistic to just say to yourself, let the haters hate. I don't care. Especially as sometimes the criticism is actually helpful. Whether they want to do it or not, managers are supposed to give appraisals every few months, aren't they? To look for where things can be improved. And someone who was learning how to handle criticism better said to me once that after they were critiqued at work and all the negatives in what they did were highlighted, which would so often send them spiralling downwards, especially as there was something very specific about how they presented something, they took a deep breath. And they messaged them back saying, I hope despite this, there was something for everyone to learn from what I did. And their boss messaged straight back with, absolutely, of course, you're awesome. Keep up the good work. And I thought, ah, they should really have led with that before the criticism, because that boss's map of the world is different. It's one where people find negative feedback useful, not threatening, because they do. Maybe they are always looking for ways to improve and love to see where things could be better, but without the underlying message that says that they aren't good enough. Longtime listeners might remember that I was saying in the external validation episode a couple of years ago about the looking-glass self. I am not what I think I am, and I am not what you think I am. I am what I think you think I am. And with this foundation to our personality, we lose our sense of self if we've ever really been able to create one in the first place. And the thing is, what other people think is outside of your control anyway. Even if people have genuinely taken a dislike to you for whatever reason, you cannot control that. And more importantly, you don't need to. There will always be people in your life that you don't quite click with, you don't get on with for some reason. You maybe don't like them. It's bound to happen at some point. Therefore, someone will think that way about you too. It's natural and it's safe. It doesn't change who you are. And I think in order to handle criticism better, we do need to be okay with who we are. Otherwise, the fight or flight response will kick in way too often. In these situations, flight might make you overthink and worry. And fight might make you very defensive and angry. The problem with defensiveness is that when you put up a wall with a talk to the hand because the face ain't listening attitude... There's no way of taking on board anything constructive. And also, it feeds this narrative that you're difficult to talk to, which makes people around you anxious, which makes you overthink, which makes you defensive, which feeds the narrative, and round and round it goes. The worst-case scenario might be that there is nothing in what someone says that is constructive, that it's actually their issues that cause them to have criticism. But too much defensiveness... And you won't see that either. Maybe instead it reinforces the idea that people are crap and can't be trusted. When it's not people, it's just them. The message behind their criticism might be, I wish I was better than everyone. Maybe you couldn't hear it above the nastiness of how they said it, and all you heard was, you're a waste of space. But if someone takes the time and effort to give you constructive feedback if they sit down to help you to improve on something, they critique how you did something, your behaviour, then the message underneath isn't you're a waste of space, even if out of habit you're so used to hearing that, whether they actually say it or not. The message instead is I'm here to help you, fellow human, because you are worth it. And I know it might take a while to hear that, but by challenging your version of reality until it feels normal to think positive things, you will eventually begin to believe it when you ask yourself, am I a decent person? And answer, yes, or a lovable person or a worthwhile person. Because we can use certain cognitive techniques to help us create new narratives to our situations but we do need to look underneath all this sometimes and look for the reasons why we feel criticised all the time. Which leads us onto this fear of what other people think. And that's plain odd self-esteem. We need to do both. If someone is really anxious about being seen in public, they feel that everyone's looking at them, judging them, then one idea to prove to them just how little notice people actually take of us is to pretend to look in shop windows but instead look at the reflections of the of the people walking past them it's honestly not uncommon for people to feel that they stick out that there's something unusual something weird about them that encourages people to stare there isn't and they're not and it's useful to prove that it might not stop the feelings, but it helps us to challenge what we think of as our reality, which makes it easier to tackle the low self-esteem that caused the feelings in the first place. A friend of mine had a tricky experience recently. They um, they were busy at work, and someone who they trusted and thought that they liked them asked them to do something for them, a work thing. And this friend of mine had already told them how busy they were and On top of that, was sick of being asked to do things that weren't her responsibility. And this is exactly what this colleague did. Tried to pass the book onto my friend with something that they didn't want to do. And when my friend said no, because they were too busy, this colleague took offence and was actually quite upset. Which upset my friend. And it turns into something from the subreddit, Am I the asshole? Don't know if you've ever seen those posts, but... Am I the Asshole is well worth reading if you need some perspective on some of the assholes in your own life. Anyway, I mention this because this colleague of, of my friend's was able to get over it very quickly. She kept away for a few hours and after lunch was acting like nothing had happened. And this is how come I got involved, because it was this that upset my friend. They're acting like nothing happened and I'm still upset, my friend said, and it wound them up for a week. All week. And it was all they could think about. How, yet again, someone couldn't be trusted. Because they say one thing and then act another. They say they're upset and then they act like nothing had happened. And I had to explain to her that that doesn't mean people can't be trusted. It means her colleague had fairly good emotional control. And the reason they were acting like nothing had happened was because that's a healthy way of moving on from something that upset them. They went to lunch, processed it. Maybe they even posted on the Am I the Asshole subreddit, was told, yes, don't be an asshole, finished their lunch and then got on with their day. Yet a week later, my friend is considering handing in a notice in the middle of the biggest economic downturn of a generation because she couldn't feel safe knowing that people are unpredictable. People are fickle. People change their mind get over things and move on. And if there's one thing to take away from this episode, it's that. People forget. They move on with their lives as if nothing had happened. If you remember that, every time you open your mouth, you'll worry less about what they think of your words. You are possibly a bigger critic than anyone else will ever be. No one cares as much as you do, and we all just want to get on with our lives remember that. And meetings will be easier. Saying no to difficult people will be easier. Life will be easier. That seems like a great place to stop. So, I'll love you and leave you. If you enjoy the show and you'd like to support it, please do join me on Patreon, where for 20p per day, you can get a lovely warm feeling. Then you're making the world a better place. It might not sound like much, but with lots of people supporting me, it means we're getting free therapy to people. We're helping food banks and charities. And as a thank you, I give you loads of mental health-boosting content too, so everyone's a winner. The link is in the show notes, or you just look me up on patreon.com. You do that, and I'm going to carry on recording an episode for it now. It will be about social anxiety. Follows on from this quite nicely. If you go to my Patreon page, it'll it'll be there for you to listen to by now speak to you again soon, take care